Global business news 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet. Just getting word from Flight Aware about the scope of airline cancellations in the Caribbean over the past couple of days. It says airlines canceled 14,011 flights in the Caribbean. American Airlines, meanwhile, says it is in the early stages of assessing the effects of crews and airplanes being out of place after more more than 2,000 cancellations relating to Irma says it is facing in a Miami restart over several days. U.S. equities, they're pushing higher. S&P on track for a record. We've just got about 13 minutes to go ahead of the close. S&P up 25 to 2487. That's a gain of 1%. Dow Industrials up 252 points, up 1.2%. NASDAQ up 67, up by 1.1%. The 10-year down 23 30 seconds, the yield 2.13%. Gold down 1960 the ounce to 1327, down 1.5%. West Texas Intermediate crude up 1.1% now, up 54 cents a barrel to 48.02. I'm Charlie Pellet. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Thank you very much, Charlie Pellet. You are listening to the Bloomberg Markets on Bloomberg Radio. It is time for the Bloomberg ETF report brought to you by BlackRock. Worried about market volatility? Minimum volatility strategies may be able to help. To learn more, please visit BlackRock.com slash factors prepared by BlackRock Investments, LLC. Here's the Bloomberg ETF report. Bloomberg's Julie Hyman. It's already been a big year for ETFs. Eric Baltrunas of Bloomberg Intelligence is here to tell us about it. So first, Eric, give us the numbers. Right. So ETFs have taken in $300 billion this year, which is already broken their annual record, and we still have four months to spare. So just a big year for ETFs. When you look at where's, where the money is going, it's really spread around. Uh, earlier in the year, it was all U.S. stocks, but now you've got money going into bonds. International ETFs are catching up. Uh, but the common thread between all of them is dirt cheap. Uh, the ones taking in the most money are you know, charging below 10 basis points of a fee, and usually they're ones uh, from Vanguard and BlackRock. Those two firms are cleaning up. And even though they're from bonds to stocks, it's ones that sort of track the broadest benchmarks, right? Yeah, I call them plain vanilla. These are ones that basically uh, give you exposure to, say, the aggregate bond index or the S&P 500 or the MSCI EFA. Again, just a large collection of uh, diversified basket of stocks or bonds. Gotcha. So U.S. ETFs have already broken their annual record, and low cost is part of the name of the game there. Thanks so much, Eric. I'm Julie Hyman with the Bloomberg ETF Report. This is Bloomberg Markets with Carol Masser and Corey Johnson on Bloomberg Radio. Keep on Keep on Market to keep on moving higher. It certainly is today. Kirk Hartman joins us right now, Global Chief Investment Officer at Wells Fargo, with a look at these markets. Uh, and today with the S&P up uh, in, in even uh, 1%. Uh, which is a solid move in any day. Uh, Kirk, I wonder when you look at these markets, you know, I'm, I'm sort of surprised uh, that the hurricane and the impact of, the, of these two hurricanes uh, isn't seen as a downer for the markets. Well, I think it was a, a day of relief, meaning that the, uh, you know, Irma was not as bad to your point as expected. I think that the thought is it wouldn't uh, detract from GDP as if it had been a lot worse. And also don't forget uh, North Korea was calm over the weekend. So I think the, uh, the, uh, simultaneous effects of the two of them has obviously been uh, well received by the market. How important is North Korea? I feel like 
There's a lot of stuff going on, and, and I understand why we're very focused domestically on what's happened in Texas, what's happened in Florida. But North Korea, to me, seems to be, Kirk, a really important issue that we need to keep an eye on. Oh, no question about it. And it, look, the economists would say it's, it's an unknown and kind of an exogenous variable, meaning it's very unpredictable what the outcome could be. And, it, and, and obviously, we all hope that it will resolve itself calmly. But um, any good news, uh, you know, especially this weekend, was good news, and the market certainly likes that. Um, yeah, and I guess in the short term, that's definitely the case. Talk to me sort of about your uh, expectation of the GDP impact on these uh, uh, these big events, uh, whether it's worry about North Korea or the actual uh, impact of these hurricanes and, and the rebuilding effort? Well, our expectation is that the effect of the hurricanes probably takes a half a point off of GDP. Um, I think the market will look through that for the next quarter or two. So if the numbers are still strong, the market will continue to do well. It could have been a lot worse. Um, Korea, uh, you know, again, is, is just such an unknown. And, uh, you know, if tensions got worse and, and God forbid there was a military conflict, it could take a lot off of GDP just in terms of the fear factor. But, um, you know, both of them seem so far to be good. In the meantime, your team, Kirk, you guys are still interested in the growth area of the equity markets, also tech stocks. You still, still think that there's some more room to run there? Absolutely. Growth has been a big winner this year. I think what's fascinating to me looking at it over the weekend is that all of the growth indices, whether it's large cap all the way down to small cap, are doing well. What's interesting is that the revenues, um, especially for growth stocks, are up something like 15% year to date, while other sectors are only up something like 5%. So the market is clearly rewarding growth, and I think that will continue. Um, the other effect is that the, uh, the companies with the big market shares have been the big winners, and obviously a lot of those are the big megatechs. I also think that a lot of the bigger companies have benefited um, enormously from the weaker dollar, so especially a lot of the multinationals um, in the S&P 500 have done very well because of the uh, currency effect. Can I ask you in terms of tech specifically, your team, you think tech stocks have more room to run, so is it the Facebooks that are up 51% already, or are you going into lesser known uh, tech names? Well, we own a lot of these stocks, but what's interesting is that the PE on a lot of these stocks um, actually has come down even though the prices have gone up. So you look at Facebook, um, which we do own, is up something like 64% since 2016, mm-hmm. but the PE has come down from, uh, you know, 37 to 25. So uh, a lot of that is increased ad revenue, but we would continue to favor those megatechs that, to my earlier point, have the big market share. So... Have they had great years? Yeah. Do I think they have more to run? I think they do. Uh, an interesting time, too, with these. Uh, and, and I think that does kind of reflect just sort of general sentiment and optimism that, that, comp- that investors are willing to take a flyer on some stocks that start to look expensive. Yes. I, I think what will be interesting if you look at um, – What's going to happen with tax reform? All things being equal, tax reform would benefit the smaller cap stocks because they tend to pay higher taxes. So to your point, um, that might be something, an area that's interesting. They are a little more expensive because of the tremendous year they had last year. But, um, you know, it's a great market right now. And, and uh, you know, overall, I'd be happy to end the year where we are. I, I think it looks pretty good. It's a and great, wait, wait, it's a great well, market right now. It is a great market right now. What do you, what do you, how does this market compare to other markets that we've seen, I don't know, in the last, I guess, you know, 10, 20 years? 
Well, the comparison always gets back to the tech bubble, and I would argue that this is a very different market. At that point, you know, PEs were up in the 150, 200 range, and they were really sky high. I think a lot of the earnings now are very solid. So, and the, and the fundamentals are terrific. You have very low inflation. You have no wage pressure. And I think this is, I don't know if it's um, luck or something else, but uh, we've been very fortunate that rates have stayed low and there's no inflation because I think it's created a tremendous market for, I mean, bonds, the Lehman Ag's up 5% year to date. Investment grade corporates are up 7% year to date. And a lot of the stocks are up between 10, 20 and 30% depending on the sector. So I'd call that a pretty good market. Uh, and, and indeed, uh, um, so as it relates to tax reform, just really quickly, do you, what do you just run a screen looking for small cap stocks where they've get, got tax rates of, you know, 35 plus or something? Or what do, what do you do? Well, it'd be an interesting way to look at that. Um, I would look at uh, specific sectors, you know, and, and obviously do some uh, fundamental homework. But just on a relative value basis, um, small cap and mid cap stocks, which are up something like 2 to 4%, have trailed the mega caps by a lot. So, uh, you know, my comment would be mind the gap. And at some point, I would think that those two would converge. Uh, interesting stuff to look at, certainly, and uh, um, opportunities to be had if this market does indeed continue to rip. Kirk Hartman, uh, Chief uh, Global Chief Investment Officer at Wells Fargo, uh, actually right here in Los Angeles, California. Um, glad to have you. You're listening to Bloomberg Markets on Bloomberg Radio. This is Bloomberg.